The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. So we're going to start by moderating our expectations. <laughs> um, I don't think I have answers, okay? But I think the purpose, uh, or at least the purpose I want to get out of this for the next 45 minutes is to uh, raise what I think is a good question. Uh, and it's like a question slash topic. It's not like a like a pressing, we have to answer this question question, but it's a it's a good topic. And it'll give you something to think about on Purim, which is always a nice uh, nice thing to have. Yeah. Okay, so uh, here, our journey begins with the Rambam that we've done several times. Uh, so this is a hidden Rambam tucked away in the end of the Minyan HaMitzvot in the Hakdamas of the Mishnah Torah. And the context is he's explained, he just listed all the Tariyag Mitzvot and he's explaining, he says, these are all the 613 Mitzvot that were given to, to Moshe at Sinai with all their particulars. And then he says, but there are other Mitzvot that were introduced later, you know, which are Durabanans. And then he says, well, what about Baal Tosif? How can you add to that. And then he makes it clear that like the Torah gives the Rabbanon the right to like add something as long as they don't make it uh, uh, part of Torah or make it seem like part of Torah. And then as long as it's rooted in Torah to like strengthen Torah. And he gives an example. Okay. And the example he gives happens to be Megillah. Okay. And he says the purpose of Megillah and what the, what Megillah's root is in Torah. When I say Megillah, I mean all of the myth of the Purim. I mean, but Megillah, according to the Ram, is like the, the, the main mitzvah. So he says, Elokap anu omrim, rather, this is what we say, meaning this is what we say as opposed to Baltosif. Shahanavim im Bastin, that the prophets along with Bastin, and I think we asked the question when we were doing this in Ron Vakius, why do you need Nevi'im? Why is it important that you mention Nevi'im? Because you don't need Nevi'im to create a mitzvah derabanan intrinsically. I don't think that's like a halacha, like you have to have like a Navi on the Bastin, you know? So whatever, Nevi'im with Bethin uh, enacted the Tignu uh, they enacted and commanded Likros HaMegillah Ba'onasa to read the Megillah in its time, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would even be worse, sort of. Right. Like right, they're not functioning, they're not even functioning as Nevi'im, right? If you're if there's a Navi there, he's only functioning as a Chafam. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, today, so why are, why do we read the Megillah in its time? Kedei Lahazkir Shvachav Shalakadosh Baruch in order to mention the, uh, or to recall, I think it's probably the best translation, the praises of the Kadosh Baruch Hu, Utashuos Sha'azalanu, and the salvations he wrought for us, Vahaya Karov Lashava'inu, and he was close to our outcry. Okay, Shava'a is a weird word for uh, crying out. It means to cry out. Um, the only context I know of naturally, like not seeing it here, is that's the thing that it uses in, um, we quote it in Haggadah, but it's in the end of like Shemos Perik Beis or Gimel, where it says, God heard their Shava'a. Shavasa min havoda, their outcry from the avoda. It's in the davening of Yom Kippur. Oh yeah. Or maybe Rosh Hashanah, all the way at the end. Okay, that that sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A whole bunch of things, and everybody like sings in between them. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, he was close to our outcry, um, uh, and that seems to be a modification of Teshua Shasalano. Uh, you know that he did salvation for us being that he was close to our outcry, and then this is now going back on, like, the purpose. Bro, what does that mean, close to our That's what we're going to be talking about. That's the topic, yeah. Okay. Kedei lavarko ulahalo, in order to bless him and to praise him, and in order to inform the the future generations, that it is true what the Torah promised us, saying, um, who is a great nation that has for it a God 
who is close to it, Krovimilav, like Hashem our God when uh, in all that we called him or whenever we called him. Okay. And so where is that? that Pasuk is in Devarim, uh, in the in Moshe Bina's first speech, uh, which we're gonna look at in depth uh, later on. Yeah. Yeah, good good anticipation of where ah, we're going. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So this is the topic I wanted to so start off, I just wanted to explore like well, what exactly is this? He's clearly staying a theme of Mikra Megillah. And I'm not interested in going to the halachos of like how this, how like Priest Megillah is a cum in this. Like that's a very interesting and good and important question, but that's not our purposes here. Just what is the theme of like the outcry in and God being close to us and stuff in Megillah? So first of all, this is something I discovered, uh, which I'm, I'm not like, this, I don't mean to say this to come off like I'm suspecting the Raman, but the Raman didn't make this up. Okay, I didn't know. I, I thought that this was the Raman's own idea, but it's actually a Gemara. So on Friday, I give a shir uh, for Lamda, which is about the Pischas or Pesichtas, which are like the introductory drushas to the entire Megillah. And you have the Tanaim picking individual Pesukim and saying like, this is the theme of the entire Megillah. So in Talmud Bavli, it says, Rav Masna Amor Mehafa. He says that the, the intro to Megillah is here and he just quotes our puzzle. Okay, there's no explanation. Right, so I'm just showing you that the Ram got it from the Gemara, and if you want to look in the Gemara, then then you can look there. Okay, but then the question, so the question, so first of all, just uh, uh, what is what does the Patuk mean from Devarim? Okay, so if you look at Targum Onkelos, which is the minimal authoritative parish, okay, he says, uh, so let's just do phrase for phrase. Imi goigadol, so are a man amrav, so that's just a straight up translation. Who is a great nation? Uh, Asher Lo, which is delay, okay, that has uh, Elohim Krovimilav, okay, Elah Kariv Le, and he adds Kariv Le La Kabbalah Tzolose, close to it to accept its tefillah, okay, so that's what close means, and that fits in with the way Ram says it, he's close to uh, our outcry in the sense that he did Teshua for us, that he saved us, okay, Um when we cry out, okay? Oh, so it's not just close to us, tefillah, um, like, stam, okay? It's be'idan akse, when we cry out. So what kind of tefillah is that? A That's a starat tefillah, right? So there's two types of, basic background, there's two types of tefillah that we have, Mito Raisa, according to the Raman. There's a Vodasa Belev, which is once a day, Shavach Bakash Hoda, and there's tefillah of a stara, or zaka of a stara, which is at a time of tragedy, which the Ramban holds is the only tefillah do Raisa. Okay, that's like a mock But everyone holds that this is like Tila Del Raisa in some form. Um, uh, so the, the Hebrew says, like Hashem or God, whenever we call out him, and then the uncle is adding, whenever we call out him in Tila, whenever we daven him. Did you have a question, Joe? You looked Yeah, no, because I realized we uh, the same show was up in Berkus Kriyashima at the end, Shafras. For the Shabbat? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the love. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. So weird how like they're like patches where you just don't notice it. Uh, yeah, I, I just never noticed that. Yeah. I'm a Rebbe who would like say that line out loud every day. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, he does for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The question is, where do you see this type of tefillah in Megillah without looking at the source sheet? Oh, right, right. <laughs> where do you see tefillah in Megillah without looking at the source sheet? Oh, uh, your puzzle. Puzzle is greatest. Um, when... Or if I put on the staff off? Nope. Staff Close to it. Fasting? Yeah. So the fasting that Esther decrees, okay? But it doesn't say tefillah there in the Pasuk. So look at the, now you can look at the story. Okay. <laughs> um, Pasuk, uh, in Perak Dalad, Pasuk Tess Zion, 
Leif, so this is what uh, Esther says to Mordechai after she decides to make her move, or when she, this is her design to make her move. Leif, Kenos, Eskolayhudim, go and gather all of the uh, the, Jude, the Judahites, right? That's what they like to say, right? Because it's, uh, it, it's, not, it's not, I mean, this is like the first time that Jews started being used, right? Because uh-huh. of Yehuda. Um, Go gather all the Judahites that are found, Hanimsim Bishushan, that are found in, in, in Shushan. But Sumo Alai and fast upon me, literally. Uh, don't eat and drink for three days. Uh, sorry, for uh, uh, three days. Night and day. And I and my maidens will fast thusly. And th- in this manner will I come into the king, Asher uh, against the law, Bakasher Avadati, Avadati, right? And, and if I perish, I perish, right? Um, yeah, I can't can't read without hearing it. Uh, yeah, so no mention of Tila there, right? Just seemingly fasting, okay? But pretty much anyone, not anyone, the vast majority of Mepharshim, um, say that they daven. Okay, so I just quoted a handful of them. I quoted the side you go and just to advertise that Al Hatorah, like it always does, found ten fragments of side you on Megillus Esther and translated them into English. I mean, they got a professor translated into English, and it's like lengthy. It's like a long parish, you know. Like for example, like I was just skimming through it today, and he's like, like what was the sin of the Jews that got them to be killed? You know, that got us into this mess. So he says, some people say it's partaking of the suit of Ahasuerus, and then he rejected, and he explains why. Then he said, some people say it was bowing down to the Tzelem, and he rejects and says why. And he says, my answer is that it was intermarriage. Okay, and he goes and he says intermarriage, and he brings the best proof ever, which is what was the big thing that Ezra had to do when he brought the Jews back? Is he had to get them to all like divorce their wives, you know? Yeah. So, but like I'm like, oh, thanks, I had to go, and like like that's like, and it's in English and it's in Arabic, and you know. Anyway, so but look what he's explicitly arguing with the mark. I oh, hope <laughs> no one gives it a sheer where they have a mafarish <laughs> who goes against the Gemara. Yeah, yeah. But so is the Ibn Ezra. He also argues against the Gemara. You know, others do. Yeah. Part of our Masara. Yeah. Okay, that's gonna be the point of the sheer tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Um, was, was this Ajigon not known until like Altar? Um, I mean, I guess it was an Arabic manuscript parchment form. I don't know if it was if the part if the um, manuscript was recently discovered or if like it just was sitting there in like an Oxford library and just not translated like some of these other manuscripts are. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they added another one also. Uh, yeah, they, they're just adding stuff all the time. It's crazy. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but look, submit a request for like documents for under I mean, I told you with Rebbe Yona, right? Like like after I met with him, he's like, a treat for you. And then he's just like, what the radio? I think the timing was lucky on that one, but uh, yeah. Um, they know you there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Sadigon says on our pasuk, uh, this is just the excerpt from the statement: "Go gather, etc." We are clearly given to understand that prayer and fasting by the community have greater merit, which is also consistent with what is expressed many times in the Torah, such as all the congregations shall assemble themselves in Bamidbar, and as W says, "Bless ye God in full assemblies." Uh, yeah. Um, so he's not even like saying that this is the finish. The finish is that it's a greater merit. In a community, but it's partial that they were davening and fasting. Okay, uh, Rabag says this at length. Okay, so he says it in two places. Remember, Rabag tends to have a regular running commentary and then the toalos. So I wanted to read it because it's a really good explanation of how the mechanism of tefillah works here. So and fasting, but two more alive. Fast for me. So this is in the commentary. Rotulamar meaning to say, but avuri meaning on my behalf, not not over me. Um, 
So the idea of fasting is that it is a tefillah for, uh, directed towards God, uh, exalted as he. But Avura, for her sake, for Esther's sake, she yitna lachain lifnei amelach, that God should place her favorably before the king. But Derek, in the manner, she yoshit la as shavit as ahav, in the manner that he'll extend the golden scepter. V'zehu amra uvachain avu el amelach asher lo kadas. And that's what, why she mentions, and with this I'll go into the king uh, against the law. Rosalomar meaning to say, after these fasts, that all the Jews fast, and then I and my uh, my maidens will fast. I will go into the inner courtyard of the king without being called. Even though it's against the law of Persian media, and even though the king will not, even if the king doesn't extend, sorry, and if the king doesn't extend his uh, golden scepter, meaning he's learning, meaning if I lose, I lose, but it's not going to be as bad as if I just did nothing. Yeah. And side, side cool shot from the Rabag is that he, he learns that the fasting was a, was a strategy in Hashgacha practice, which he's about to explain, and in Hashgacha Kalas. Okay, you know what the Mishlaic fat, uh, um, strategy for the fasting was? I feel like people, I only saw this in the Rabag. I feel like people don't talk about this as much. So if he's going to make her appearance be gaunt and weak, and and that combined with her terror is going to make it, and the fact that she's contrasting it by dressing in royal robes. Mm-hmm. When the king sees her, this his beautiful queen, and she looks like, white face, pale face, and like, well, that gaunt, gaunt and, and weak, that's going to stir him to realize there's something major going on, which I think, is a, I think it's a cool, like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Esther was so good at that of the Mishlaic strategy layered with a Hashgacha Pratis strategy. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the whole Gemara yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. When you first said that, I thought you meant the Mishlaic strategy of the uh, arm fasting. Oh, um, I'm trying to remember if there was one for that also. Weaker for the war? That would... <laughs> no, no, and, and war is not going to be for another eleven months. Remember, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if there's an explanation for, for that. Yeah, or if, if that's uh, the case. Okay. So then, what, now here's where the, where the Rabag explains it, and this is good preparation for Tainus Esther, even though Tainus Esther is not a uh, like all the other fast days, but it's still Tainus. So he said, "Hatuel tashlochim arbahu," the um, the thirty fourth. If you want a wild ride, by the way, just open up the back of the Rabag and read through all 50 Toalos from Megillah. It's just 50 lessons that you learn from Megillah. It's, uh, That's it's fun, yeah. It's like that number's a little too rounded. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not saying there are only 50. He chose 50, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I wouldn't put it past him to, like, root it in astronomy or something. <laughs> okay, so he says, uh, what is the lesson? That if someone is afraid of, of a harm that will befall him, or that's like said to befall him, it's proper to precede that Ra with Tila in a perfected way, in, uh, in a way that you'll be assisted through it. Uh, and you should get the the masses to pray with you also. Because the prayer of the community is more heard than the tefillah of the yachid. For this reason, you find that when Esther was forced to uh, risk her life, 
uh, by going into the inner courtyard. I should look at us illegally. She asks for the Jews of Shushan to fast for her three days, uh, day and night. And she and her maidens also fasted like that. Mordechai and Mordechai agreed to do what she said. Okay, here we go. And it's clear. So she, what would be diving for? That she should not suffer harm through this. Tefila is better with fasting. Because fasting... Subdues the animalistic soul, your psyche, and weakens your bodily desires. And that will cause your, your, your mind or your heart to be more complete with Hashem, blessed is He. And your tefillah will be heard more. So he's learning that the fasting was an instrument of making their tefillah superior where you're you're putting yourself in a frame of mind I mean, very like we hear about Yom Kippur a lot of like separating yourself from your animalistic desires and making your you submissive to God okay so that's that's so and then again there are other mafarshim who hold this and I include the Midrash Rabbah we're not going to read it that actually like spells out a text of what Mordecai Davin and what Esther Davin and it's interesting that the argument that Esther makes is she she plays up her orphan role and says that she's like an orphan who doesn't have a father and like Hashem should help her like you would help an orphan. It's very interesting. Like I included it in case anyone wanted to like look into the tefillah. Like, okay. But now, Wait, uh, we yeah. The uh, oh, oh, whoops. No, we didn't. I was just so excited about the side. Yeah. The only thing we get from the talking to Ksuvim is he also says that they were um, davening. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. it's just more elaborate. Uh, um, and, and he adds a little bit more stuff, but yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's not Uncleus. Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, it's not Yosem Uziel either. That's uh, it's the same one who does Mishlei, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Okay, now one more Rabag. Okay, and then we'll we'll get into the the main course. Okay, this is all appetizer. All right, so Rabag on the pasuk from Devarim, Kimi Goy Gadol Asher Elo Elokim Krovim Elav says, Haratam Bezeh. So the Goyim, the other nations were not under Hashgacha Pratis, were only under Hashgacha Klalis from God. Um, they will only be helped. They're only going to be helped through the good that comes to them through nature, through Hashgacha Klalis. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the Jews who are under Hashgacha Pratis will be assisted in everything they request from Hashem. That's what it means in all that we call out Him. In everything that we call out Him about. Okay, so he's saying that it's also about Tzfila that gives us an additional Hashgacha. Okay. But the question I, so I was learning and I was and this is fine. Okay, right? But but here's the thing. The question is, what did the Rambam mean when he said, when he quoted this Pasuk and said that that's the theme? Okay, so there's a really neat tool, which somewhere is in yeshiva, in a paper, in like a, a physical form. I have it in PDF, if you want it. It's called, it's by Kafet, you know, the translator of the wrong. It's called Hamikra Barambam. And you just open it up to a Pasuk, and it'll tell you every place in all of his works where the Raman quotes it. Okay, so the Raman quotes the Pasuk of Bahol Kareinu Love in three places. First one is the Mishnah Torah that we read. Second one is in Hilvah's Tshuva, which we're going to read now. 
Uh, so this is talking about the Aserah Tamei Tshuva. Even though tshuva and crying out, um, and I think tzaka and zaka are the same in Raman lingo. Uh, that's my uh, that's my uh, assumption. Um, in the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim, it is better. Umiyad he meets kabelas, and it is accepted immediately. Shnemar, as it says, Dirshu Hashem bihimatzo krauhu bioso karov. Seek Hashem when he is to be found. Call him when he is to be when when he is close. And by the way, I think I came across when I was looking preparing this this morning. You know uh, the thing about how Yeshayahu uh, Menashe, the evil king Menashe was Yeshayahu's um, grandson, and he uh, killed him. He executed him. He put him on trial for heresy and executed him. And he accused Yeshayahu of um, of saying contradictory things. And this was one of them because he says. You say, seek out God when he's close, but it says in the Torah that God is, is close whenever you call to him. You're a heretic. You know, so that, that was his argument, but now the Ramam explains it here based on Chazal. What does it mean when it says uh, when he's close? That's only talking about for an individual. But in a community, Anytime they, they do tshuva and cry out with the whole heart, they're answered. Like a shemer God, whenever we call out him. The Rambam dismantled that argument with one word. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. Um, I feel like he kind of revved up with the Bumid Varma Morim. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so here you see, first of all, that this also is combining tefillah and tshuva, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's saying it's a phenomenon of tzibor, right? It's the the whole idea. Like you could read that thing in uh, in Devarim and not get that point, like that God is close to Jews, but it means Davka Jews who are doing tshuva and tefillah as a tzibor. Okay, but now here is the source that throws everything into question. Okay, so the more nevuchim. And this is the full chapter. And I did not have time to translate this myself like I usually do. Um, uh, so this is the Pines translation. Okay. So he says, so this is the chapter explaining the terms Karov, Naga, and Nagash. Okay. So he says, and do you know the, so the style of the Ramam in these uh, chapters, the lexical chapters is what they call them, is he defines what the term means in normal usage and then in metaphorical or analogous or equivocal usage. And then and then uh, used in reference to God. Okay, so first he says to uh, these terms, those three terms, I mean, approaching, touching, and coming near, sometimes signify to draw near and approach in space, um, meaning in, like, physical space, not in, like, like uh, the, uh, what was the, what's the planet on Mars? The, what was it called? Not the Voyager. It's like the like revolutionary Frontier. Well, what, was the, what was the name of the thing? Whatever. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Is it the video of Atlantis? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I just saw the video of the 360. Yeah. Mm. Um, elsewhere, they signify the use of cognition with what is cognized, which, as it were, it, which is, as it were, similar to the proximity of one body to another. So these are the two meanings of all three terms, okay? The literal meaning is approaching in space, and the second one is the union of what of cognition with what is cognized, and he'll elaborate on both. Okay, so first, examples of the first signification of approaching, that is, approaching in space, um, are... As he approached the camp, and Paro approached, okay, fine. Now, if you want a resource, by the way, I forgot if I told you about this in the past, but there's this thing called, I have it bookmarked, uh, the Guide Exploratory Essays. 
um, by uh, by this is someone's project. And what what he does is he walks you through um, for these chapters. I don't know what the other chapters. He walks you through every puzzle in context and shows you why the wrong chose it and what the wrong was getting. What he thinks the wrong was getting out with choosing it. So there's a lot of solid here that I'm glossing over. Okay, but uh, I'm glossing over. Okay. Um, <laughs> So uh, thus, she uh, sorry. The first signification of touching is the drawing near of one body to the other, and thus, and she caused it to touch his feet, and he caused it to touch my mouth. Um, the first, and so, like for example, he'll go into the fact that all three examples are negative hmm. that the wrong uses, you know, um, and uh, and like, and then like um, the, and she caused it to touch his feet. You know what that's from? That's Sipora fleeing the bris mila hmm. at Moshe, so it's associated with hate. And, uh, and, you know, and, and so like he goes into, and, and he like will draw in from other areas in the realm that talk about that puzzle. It's an uh, interesting project, uh, you know, useful. Okay, the first signification of coming near is the act which one individual goes and moves towards another individual, thus, and Judah came near unto him. Okay, this is now what we were gonna focus on. The second significance of these three terms is union in knowledge and drawing near through apprehension, not in space. Thus, scripture using the word touching in the sense of union and knowledge says, for her judgment toucheth heaven, not for the context of that. Next one, as for approaching, it is said, and the cause that is too hard for you cause it to approach me. So that's by the judges, right? Um, oh, that's a dictionary, right? That's not enough. Yeah, the green enough would be good. I just want to see it, how article translates it. I think you thought that was a green. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. We know that Tanakh is a dictionary to the cosmos. Mm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, is this a 117? I feel like this is a misquote. It's somewhere around here, though. Oh, no, no, it's here. It's at the end. It's just an extremely long puzzle. <laughs> I'm going to read the end. So, Karab. Okay, so bring it close to me. So there, Moshe is not saying bring a physical object close. He's saying a thing that is difficult in your mind, bring it close to my mind. Okay. Um, scripture says, as it were, let me know it. Okay. The word is thus used to denote the act of letting someone know a knowable thing. As for coming near, it says, and Avram came near and said, um, while he was in a state of inspiration and prophetic trance, as should be explained. So, in other words, if you just read that out of context, like we just did, <laughs> it would sound like he is physically moving and saying something, but it was in Nevoa, so he can't move in Nevoa. So, it means let my mind come and know the thing. Uh, and then, um, for as much as the people came near and with their mouth and their lips, they do honor to me. That's a sarcastic uh, criticism from Yeshayahu to the people saying that they act like they're coming near to me in their minds. <laughs> yeah. And we say this, by the way, in English. We say like, when when you want to talk about uh, in, in learning, you say that's a good approach, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't mean like you moved closer to something. It means like your mind is getting closer to knowing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or unless you want to do both. <laughs> the key. <cube. laughs> okay. Then he talks about God. Every mention of approaching and coming near that you find in the books of prophecy referring to a relation between God, may he be exalted, and a created being has this last meaning. 
uh, of uh, meeting of the minds, so to speak, or uh, of comprehension, apprehension. For God, may he be exalted, is not a body, as shall be demonstrated to you in the treatise. Um, and accordingly, he, may he be exalted, does not draw near to or approach a thing, nor does anything draw near to or approach him, may he be exalted, inasmuch as the abolition of corporeality entails that space be abolished. Meaning that don't think that you can have a concept of space if you're not a body. Okay. So that there is no nearness and proximity and no remoteness, no union and no separation, no contact and no succession. I do not think that you shall grow doubtful or perplexed because you're reading this guide or because scripture says the Lord is nigh unto all that call upon him. So that's the Puskin Tehillim. Um, and then this next one, they take delight in approaching unto God. We don't know that. The nearness of God is my good. For in all these uh, verses, nearness through cognition, I mean cognitive apprehension is intended, not nearness in space. The same applies to his dicta. Oh, I forgot to uh, underline this one. Nigh unto it, which is our part of just translated in fancy English, right? Karovelav, that's the phrase, okay? Approach thou and hear, that's by Sinai. And Moshe alone shall come near unto the Lord, but they shall not, uh, I think that's, shall not come near me. Uh, that's in uh, also about um, Sinai, okay? Talking about literally going up to the So apparently not, huh. okay? Um, and, and in the Pesukim themselves, it implies that of lalos uh, liros and oh yeah okay uh, this verse is to be interpreted in this way oh unless you wish to consider that the expression shall come near used with reference to motion means that the latter shall approach the place on the mountain uh, upon which the light I mean the glory of God has descended it means it means both I think according to or it's, yeah. it's amenable to both yeah that's what he's saying yeah yeah uh, yeah, for you free to do so. Yeah, if you want to elaborate on that, I talked about that on my Tishabov shear about how the realm has this thing of like, if you want to believe that that God made a created light on the mountain, you go ahead and believe that. You know, um, that, that's like the implication here. Uh, but it seems like the realm prefers the first interpretation uh, that it's uh, into co uh, cognition. You must, however, hold fast to the doctrinal principles that there is no difference whether an individual is at the center of the earth or supposing that this were possible in the highest part of the ninth heavenly sphere. Th that, this is a weird turn here, okay? Like, um, for he is not farther off from God in the one case and no nearer to him in the other. Like, okay, yeah, I, I, I get this, Rambam. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's just, I, I, I was like, Rambam has to reassure his reader that like, don't think that if you like go into the sky, you're going to be closer to God. I don't know why he has to say this. Well, it's like, it seems like maybe like we're just going up to them because it's like a special place to... Yeah, right. I mean, so so then if you just stop there, that'd be fine. But I, I don't know why he has to like universalize it, you know? Um, uh, okay. For nearness to him, may he be exalted, consists in apprehending him and remoteness from him is the lot of him who does not know him. So all closeness and, 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 uh, and distance from God have to do with knowledge of God. And we did this earlier with the palace allegory mm -hmm. of how close you are to the king and his palace has to do with your knowledge of God. And there are many very many gradations in being near to or far away from him in this respect. I shall explain the manner of these gradations in apprehension in one of the chapters of the treaties. So um, Kafka said it's 159 through 60, but I think it's also the palace allegory. As for its dictum, touch the mountains that they may smoke. Scripture signifies thereby in parabolic language, let, thee de let thy de decree come unto him. Consider in a similar way the term touching and all its derivatives in every passage in which they occur according to the context. 
Sometimes the word is intended to signify the approach of one body to another, and sometimes union through the cognition and apprehension of a certain thing. For one who apprehends a thing that he did not apprehend before has, as it were, approached a thing that has previously been remote from him. Understand this. Anyone in Arrested Development fan or not? Okay, fine. All right. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so when I read this, that threw our Pasuk and Megillah into a big question mark. You tell me. Yeah, it's not intrinsically about tefillah, right? The pasuk of Mi Goy Gadol Asherlo Elokim Krovim Elav Kedoshem Alchino Bol Koreinu Elav. So in the Mishnah Torah, he says it's about tefillah and teshuva Barabim, okay, or biyachid and aserus mitshuva. But then in the Mishnah Torah, it's all sorry. In the Morning Bukim, it's all about knowledge of God, okay. And what this would seem to be saying is that what what define what the pasuk and Devarim seems to be saying is that the Jews have a greater knowledge of God whenever we call out to him. Now, whenever we call out to him does seem to be tefillah, but the closeness to God is knowledge of God. So in other words, what it's doing, I think when we think of God is close to all who call out and God is close to us means that when we dive into him, he responds, right? But if you take God is close to us whenever we call him, so what is that saying? Calling out to God like, is a method of apprehending. Yes. Calling out to God is a method of apprehending God. Okay. And um, and that also implies that in a seriously made for the Yahid, knowledge of God is more accessible. And anytime the Tzibor is involved, then knowledge of God is, is more accessible. And as a result of God's knowledge being accessible, then tefillah and tshuva will be accepted more. But the, the focus has shifted from the morning of him now from responding to tefillah to the cause of the responding to tefillah, which is knowledge of God. And that actually blends much better with him framing it that, uh, like, look at that first Rambam again. The purpose of Megillah is, so in other words, the emphasis is on engaging in Shavach and Bracha and Halal, which are all means of, of, uh, of, um, of knowledge of God, you know? So, and not only that, there's actually one source I've got to put on here. Uh, you know the Pasuk that the Rambam quotes? Yeah? It's just weird though, like, I feel like Shavach and Halal aren't really, like, acts of knowledge of God. Like, they, they are rooted in that. Like, you need to know about God to praise him. Right. But the praising itself is not like ah. apprehension of him. I'm glad you set, set, set me up for it's the like Rambam here. Reaction to the knowledge that you yeah. Have. So check out this Rambam. So the, uh, the Rambam, in explaining um, the concept of... Uh, hold on. I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, the... Con- um, in explaining the idea of a shul. Okay, this is what he says. So it's in Parakhes. Um, so let me actually read from the beginning, even though it's the second halakha that we need. The beginning says, Tfilah the Tibor Nishmas Tamid. So the, the Tfilah of the Tibor is heard all the time. Vafilah Hayu Ben Chotin, or Chotain, even though there are sinners in it. Eina Kadosh Barakho Moes Tfilah Sinjal Rabin. God does not despise or reject the Tfilah of the many. Therefore, a person needs to join himself to a community and to not dive in by himself 
as long as he can dive in with the community. Uh, person should always get up early and stay late in the base Knesses. Um, because the feel of a person is only heard at all times in a basic Knesset. Anyone who has a shul in a city and doesn't go there is called a bad neighbor. Okay, now here's the pasuk. It's a to run to shul. Shenemar, as it says, and quote the pasuk, Neda Hashem. Let us know and chase after knowledge of God. That's interesting. That's in Hosea. So, so I, I'm not answering your question, but I'm saying I think this does address your question, which he's saying that running to shul is a form of running to seek knowledge of God. Hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, and then, um, yeah, that's how that's that's what we have to figure out. Hmm. That's what we have to figure out. Um, furthermore, uh, hold on. I think that's almost the end of the question. <laughs> um, did I include any other thing here? What's after the Ramam? Oh. Oh, so, the, okay. Th- that, that pretty much is the question I wanted to ask. <laughs> okay. Is uh, what, so, so in other words, in light of this idea that God being close to, so theme of the Megillah is God being close to us and what we call out to him and we're praising him and blessing him and, 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 uh, and uh, being much be'achem, Right. And the Torah is promising. And that's the other, other interesting thing also. Look, look at the context here on the last page. Devarim Dalid, Hey through Tess. Okay. So this is the context of our Patuk. It says, uh, I'm just going to read it in English uh, with five. See, I have taught you statutes and judgments uh, as Hashem, my God, commanded me, or yeah, commanded me to do uh, thus in the, in the midst of the land that you are coming to possess it. You shall guard them and do them, for it is your wisdom and your understanding in the eyes of the people that will hear these statutes and say, uh, only a wise and discerning nation is this great, uh, the uh, people is this great nation. For who, for what na- great nation is there that has a God who is close to it, like Hashem, our God, whenever we call out to him? And what nation, what great nation is, has uh, statutes and judgments that are righteous, like this entire Torah that I, can, that I place before you today? Only be careful and guard your souls exceedingly, lest you forget the things that your eyes saw, unless you remove from your, them from your heart all the days of your life and teach them to your children and your, and your grandchildren. And then he goes into Sinai, you know? So I, I, I mean, I guess you could read this as a havtacha, but like, it, it sounds more like a description just of what the non-Jews are going to say about us. Like when you read it in the wrong one without reading it here, it sounds like he's saying God is promising that you will always be close to the Jewish people. You know, but this just sounds like it's saying like it's an ideal. Like we wouldn't say, for example, <laughs> it's a promise that the non-Jews are always going to say about us that we're a wise and discerning nation. That clearly has not happened, you know. Uh, and even according to the Ram, it doesn't happen because all the people who take Midrashim literally, Ram says that it causes the nations to say what a uh, weak and pathetic, foolish nation this, this uh, you know, whatever. Rock on Naval the Sahel Hagoya Katan Hazet. Yeah, it's a great, great, great phrase. Hakatan Hazet. Yeah. 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 So it's weird that the wrong characterizes it as a promise. And like, what is the promise exactly? And like, what does it mean that God's going to be close to us? And um, and then and then Joe's question, which is going to be at the root of everything, which is like, how is Tila a form of seeking knowledge of God or gaining knowledge of God? You know? Yeah. And it's slightly disturbing to me this is, uh, that 
and I don't know if this is a good question, slightly disturbing to me that, that if this is such a major theme in the Megillah, then the Megillah doesn't uh, say it. You know, like it just alludes to it through the fasting, you know? Yeah. And you could argue that that's kind of wrapped up in the whole thing that Megillah doesn't mention God anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could say that for whatever reason it doesn't do that, then it doesn't do this. Right. I would accept that answer. It's just that it still is a little strange. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ikar Hasar Minha Igeras. Um, I threw in at the end just these other two sources in case we use them. That uh, you notice that that passage in Devarim talks a lot about a, a lot about mitzvos. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the Maharsha, this is the Maharsha on the Pesifta that says that this pasuk is the drasha for the whole Megillah. So he says, "Ki Haman Amar Shikavar Hikam Elohehem Me'al Panav." So Haman Haman claimed that God distanced himself from the Jewish people. So talking about how scattered the Jews were. Alkin Amar, so that's Haman's way of saying God has abandoned them, that they're they're scattered and distanced. And then as a re- retort to that, Amar that no, contrary to what Haman thinks, that we're distant from God, God is with us whenever we call him. So that, that, that's how the Maharsha is taking that Kamara. And then the one thing I added here also is Sforno says this whole emphasis on mitzvos and God being close to us has to do with the fact that we can give rational proofs to our, all of our beliefs and that the rational proofs are embedded in the mitzvos. He says like the phrase "motim um, a lot, <laughs> and like "damashetavikoras," you know. Um, so there might be something here about the the nature of the system. And I also wondered in the background this whole chazal about how uh, Purim was like a Kabbalah Sator Me'ava. I have no idea if that has anything to do with this, you know. Uh, I, mean, I don't see any indication here, but like came Wait, to mind. Is Sfar talking about like like Dinos or like? So it seems to me he's talking about in the Chukim. The Chukim all have like deep philosophical ideas, and then we can prove Sinai. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he does attack that to Sinai. Like he says, um, uh, so the second to last day of Ramafil, um, I think, Pentishkach, uh, as a Pentishkach. So he is saying that the, the, the intellectual proofs are rooted in the, the proof at, uh, of Sinai. But he also says that you should be able to, like in the first year, you should also be able to like actually disprove the Apikorsa beliefs. Yeah. Like, the question was it like philosophically, like philosophically yeah yes yeah, so the, the question we're remaining with here again is like what how is this a theme of Purim uh in that first Ramam like and uh, in light of the Mormon Bukham that's the that's the question of the of, of the of the Yoim yeah that's what I'm, I want to be thinking about on Purim right okay so that's it for today <laughs> uh, I, 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 uh, I met the expectation I set out is yeah. raising a question <laughs> yeah if you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi 
Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at RabbiSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.